0: All right, everybody, welcome back to an all-new episode of Artsy Partsy Immigrants. Of course, we have a very special guest today, the long-awaited, long-since-gone, good old friend of the show, Mobat the Batman.
1: Hello, hello again.
0: uh yeah what's been what's been going on like i know you we i mean we've talked about it a lot privately but you know you've tell everybody what your your new work has been because you really shifted out of what you've been doing into new stuff
1: yeah a little bit like um i used to mainly work in uh, sports journalism and uh, i still do that to, to some point but um like in my voluntariat we talked about it back then my kind of journalistic like um what do you call it, traineeship or whatever? Uh, there was one focus on um, TV news, and I realized that's something I want to do. And so I was lucky enough that an uh, opportunity came up, and I um, started that as well. And now I do news pieces for television most of the time at uh, Bayerischer Rundfunk. and that's a lot of fun, and I enjoy it. But yeah, it's been quite a lot, but pretty cool and. Nice to have some to add something to the mix. I realize that i I won't be <laughs> able kind of to this. I don't mean this to sound snobby in any way, but to only quotation marks work in sports where you have a lot of repetition and it's i don't know I just like the mix now, and that's cool, yeah,
0: I think that makes a lot of sense uh, uh, you know if you it's it's good to get into a position where you can kind of. As the Brit- I guess as the British would say, like, put your fingers in different pies. I thought that was the most disgusting <laughs> metaphor. <laughs> did I
1: actually say that or did you just make it up? No, I didn't make
0: it up. I think it's uh, an, an expression, yeah, meaning that, you know, you're like a jack of all trades. You're, you're, you're like someone yeah. who's, you know, good at a few different things. Like, if he's got his fingers in many pies. He's like doing just, lots of different things.
1: I just picture King Charles, like, walking around some, I don't know, official, like dinner or whatever just running around sticking his hands into
0: he's like the my germs guy from that scary movie like my (laughs) germs with a crooked hand (laughs) no man but that's really cool i mean when did you did you always feel that you were that you wanted to shift away from sports like pretty early on or you just kind of had this epiphany since the pandemic kind of
1: Mm, i feel like i always knew that i that i wanted to cover different topics as well and um i mean i i love sports coverage etc and i put so much into it uh, throughout the, the the past few years but um i always yeah i wanted to, to to cover to cover other stories and i i know sports has always been this kind of as well for me this kind of platform and i don't want to sound this to do want want this to sound wrong because i enjoyed and still enjoy working in sports but um one part of the deal for me always was that, like media outlets <laughs> in Germany, like probably, like all over around the world or the Western world, I don't know too much about other markets, um, like struggle a lot, like especially linear media, like newspapers, television, radio, etc. So there's not a lot of money and not a lot of jobs in a lot of fields. Um, and I <clears throat> realized pretty early that, like within this sports segment, there still is a lot of money because there's like the last thing people want to see live on TV is sports because it's like this social happening that needs to happen live. So there's still a lot of money and a lot of jobs um, within that department because people like still love sports. (laughs) Yeah. And so I realized when I, if I would choose that path, I probably would be able to do certain steps earlier than if it were for, I worked for another department. Um, where there's not that that much budget etc and that many jobs and so it always was kind of a strategic decision as well i gotta say um to get me to some point and that worked out pretty good and i still enjoyed the work on the way but it always was kind of clear to me that i at some point i need to add something else to it
0: yeah no i think that makes a lot of sense It's funny, last time we hung out, we were looking at all these um, sports clips together and I had this realization, and I have this realization every now and then about different things, but it's so crazy to wrap your head around the fact that that there's so many enormously popular industries and interests that, you know, someone like me, for example, let's just stick with sports, like me for sports, of course, I, you know... Of course, I know that it's popular, but if I'm not actively engaged in the content, like I'm not following athletes on social media, I'm not following you know um, outlets that talk primarily about leads and, and and upcoming seasons of any sport. I don't look up the matches online to see oh when is FC Bayern or whatever going to play. Like I don't actively look into it, so I usually don't see anything about sports at all unless it crosses over into pop culture, for example, like the Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift uh, relationship. Then of course I'm like, oh yeah, okay, Travis Kelsey. Okay, <laughs> I know him now. But, um, or LeBron, because he's just so monumentally famous. Like the major athletes, of course, like yeah. Shaq and stuff. But um, I, I don't know, since I moved here especially, I just kind of stepped, my interest just, I don't know, not, not that I was really a crazy sports head, but my interest really shifted away from things like that. And it's so wild. Even when I watch YouTube videos of, of, of people talking about literally anything, anything at all, you will see such an enormous community of millions of people obsessed day in and day out with something that you just don't ever think about or that you've never heard of. And that's so, so interesting to me because you feel like in today's world, you kind of have a, a bit of a sense of like
1: of it all. Yeah, you have an overview, kind of. Yeah,
0: but you really don't. Even if you're on your phone and you see all these people and all these faces and all this update stuff every day, um, there are just millions of other... There's, like, entire YouTube channels built around, like, welding.
1: Yeah. You know, and (laughs) you're like,
0: what? There's a whole community for that? Yes. You know, or, like, tattoo artistry or, like, different types of, like, chemistry... Uh, experiments and like uh, even outside of science like sports back for example like makeup tutorials there's just so many different little niche or even huge industries that's so interesting to me that i i have this yeah awareness every once in a while of like i've just never thought of that <laughs> being that popular but it's just,
1: it's huge but the funny thing is i feel like everyone has that border you just mentioned like the border of what we um realize that's happening around us and it i think that it it all only shifts because there will always be one like for because, because you brought up the the sports example um like i feel like i know a lot of and i need to know a lot about sports and different and even like athletes and um important figures of uh, like certain sports that i don't usually follow or cover but it's just like part of my job to to know a little bit about it and then there's every year there comes out this um, forbes list of the like wealthiest all and plus like um, most marketable athletes worldwide. And in like the top 10, there are like, are like five to six guys I've never heard of because they're Indian cricket players. And that's a whole right, not crazy right. market that happens besides everything that we in Europe and the, and the US like see or realize. Yeah, <clears throat> right. So there's always a niche that might be huge, but you won't, um, you won't discover. But one thing that, that just came to my mind and um, talk about is like how crazy it is, how, how many people are so passionate about one thing such as sports, etc. For me and then for that job decision, like I obviously have this passion for sports myself. I followed so many things since I was a little child, etc. But making that decision to, to go into that, that job field, wasn't necessarily only that, but rather like the circumstances um, like I grew up in. And I don't m- mean necessarily my, my family, but like growing up in a village and, you know, Oberstdorf, yeah. the whole thing is like um, so deeply um, infected and affected by sports throughout decades. Like the whole tourism thing that keeps the whole region running runs around like winter sports and hiking and whatsoever and you have these the ski jumping area and the cross country stadium and these kind of yes i mean it's like a whole like college sports facility etc for german youth athletes to develop etc and so and so it was just like it just kind of made sense especially like um, that I went into the direction of, of winter sports and I kn- knew some, some athletes because they just were kids I grew up with, like Vincent, etc. And so that just kind of made sense from where I'm coming from. And I, th- like looking on it now, like back in time, I feel like that's probably even more, a bigger part of the decision that the part that also exists, like, okay, I'm, <coughs> I'm fanatic about sports I just love sports I want to cover sports I feel that rational part is bigger than that for me
0: oh okay yeah that makes total sense that makes total sense and before I uh forgot it actually just because we're still on that topic I mean this this taps into perfectly what we were just bringing up but my um our, our friend Moritz wrote me yesterday that um this guy Franz Beckenbauer just died who, he was like, do you know him? Do you know about this guy? And I was like, I've never heard the name. I don't think I've ever seen a photo. But, obviously, an extraordinarily popular legendary soccer player, won all these championships as a coach and as a player, born and raised in Giesing, which is, you know, right here in our hood in Munich. Um, And that's just, like, it plays right into that topic that we were just,
1: I've never heard of
0: the guy, I've never seen him, but he's huge.
1: And he was, um, like, the very, or... Yeah, the very first like huge soccer player that uh, went to play in the U.S.
0: Oh, he in was New the York. first.
1: Yeah, him and Pelé. You probably heard about Pelé, like this Brazilian legend, died like last year. Or I'm sure I've heard team? this. I mean, I think Moritz mentioned him too. This name, yeah. but I. And they played yeah. in, in New York together, just like the story of Franz Beckenbauer. At some at some point, um, like the whole hype here was too much for him. And, um, like, people went crazy about him getting divorced or starting a new re- relationship after being married and having kids before and being, like, this idol of, like, yeah, s- this idol of, like, a fem- a family dad and got everything running and the wife and kids, etc. At some point, like, he got a new girlfriend and people were not having it. And so he was like, okay, fuck you guys. I'm just going to New York. Because nobody knows me there and I can do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> that's awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. I can imagine that's kind of a
0: relief. I mean, when I watched this um, David Beckham thing and he went to America yeah. to play, I completely forgot that he did that. Like, I just didn't register that he did that
1: at all. <laughs> Dude, and th- this this has been like one of the craziest uh, b- business deal ever in, in in soccer so far because part of Beckham's deal back then as a player was the right to buy a future, like, uh, MLS franchise in, in the MLS league for, like, $25 million. And he did that with Miami. He now runs the team in Miami, who just brought in Lionel Messi last year. And through that move alone, like, he, <clears throat> like, must have made so much money. That's crazy. Dude, he just, ha- he must have boatloads,
0: just boatloads of money. But what, what I find – what I really liked about – like, I, growing up, never – I think I thought I wouldn't like him or I think I thought I didn't like him just because the way he's portrayed in the media. But it, that wasn't his fault. But it was just, you know, pretty guy, dating a Spice Girl, super rich, soccer player, sexy, blah, blah, blah. And I just thought like, ah, oh, he's probably a dick. And then this documentary kind of turned it all around where I thought, you know, but he's kind of funny. And, you know, he knows – he's not, like, not self-aware. There was that great scene in that first episode – with, uh, I forgot her name, Victoria. Yeah. Victoria Spice? Yeah, Yeah. Um, where he's- That's her name, Victoria to, Spice. Victoria Spice. <laughs> <laughs> Not Victoria Beckham, but Victoria Spice and she's talking about um, like growing up like her father was hard work working class and he and he leans in the door in her interview and is like what did your father drive you to school and every day and she's like no no that's not the point he's like what did he drive you it's a simple answer she's like my, my father had a be Rolls honest. Royce thank you yeah be honest <laughs> my dad had a Rolls Royce thank you closes the door I was like that's amazing it's her interview and he just like shuts the whole like fakery down i I thought that was really funny yeah Yeah, he's
1: a funny guy and it's also like i'm i'm not so so much on instagram anymore but last time i was i just somehow ended up on her um channel and she she like just documents like random um moments with david beckham with her husband and um one thing i found pretty cute is that for christmas what she got him was a a a barn for like chicken like a, a like bunch a chick- of chickens, chickens with chickens in, in the in it. And she just okay. films him like him enjoying this uh the society of his new like roommates, a barn of chickens.
0: <laughs> Dude, at some point it's like what do you get the person who can afford eating, <laughs> You know? I find that curious. There's, you know, a few people I know that have quite a bit of money, and I always wonder what their like, Christmas is. Excuse him moi <laughs> I have friends who have money. Uh but I I always wonder – I was trying to take a little look at their presence like, well, what, what do you get someone like that who can and does just get what they want, you know? Even um, – I have two different friends who are like, you know, they're – I mean, I don't – they're not like rich people, but they're they're doing great. You know, like one's a doctor and one works in fashion and they're they're totally doing great, you know, but it's still not like – in the sense that you'd be nervous to be around them. Like, oh man, they're worth like 10, you know, a hundred million dollars or something, but they're, they're wealthy. They're doing good. And I asked them over Christmas time, like, Hey, so, you know, what did you guys get each other? And they said, um, yeah, well, you know, throughout the year we just buy whatever we want. So we just said nothing. And I was (laughs) like, nothing, like not even like a little thing of chocolate, you know, like just the, the act of just giving something. But I think some people with all the money in the world do something like the the Beckhams, where it's like, here's a chicken coop because <laughs> you, want, you want homemade eggs, you want fresh eggs every day or whatever. And then there's people like them who just say, well, we get what we want, so we just shook hands.
1: But I don't, I, I don't want to like do a full like Christmas uh, wrap up again, but. Is that only a German thing? Because I I feel like there's so many people around me who are like, yeah, we've decided to to have no gifts this year because it only stresses people out to get them, etc. And the whole hype's not worth it. So with a, in our family, we just decided to not have any gifts. Is that only a German thing or do you know that from the States as well? I don't know if that's uh, culturally specific.
0: I've heard of people doing that for anniversaries and for certain birthdays, like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to have a big party. I hate you. You don't get a gift. <laughs> yeah, You don't You don't get one anyway. <laughs> but uh, for Christmas, I, I don't know that I've heard that that often. I mean, I guess now I've met some people that do it. And I guess it happens a lot more as you get older. Like if you've been together a long time and people get into their, you know, anywhere from like late 30s on, they're just like, yeah, well, you know, I just bought this thing last month. I don't really need anything right now. Don't get me anything. But I, I find it, like, I get it for anniversaries or birthdays. That's, you know, like, anniversaries are, just like, only agreements. But That's only an agreement between the, the couple. So I get if they're like, hey, it's just us we're talking about here. But on
1: Christmas, but on you Christmas, made a deal with Santa Claus. <laughs> dude, it's
0: like, you know, it's just, it's nice. It's nice. Even if, if, you know, my parents often do a thing where, like, one of them will go get their own gift and, it, and, you know, then at least, you know, it's wrapped up sometimes or they go to dinner or something. It's just like this, this, I like this act, even if it's just like a little, sometimes I get like, um, uh, from Efe's sister, sometimes I'll get like a coffee mug, but with some homemade cookies in it, you know, as part of something else. But it's still this nice little, like, even if that was it, that would be so nice. Like, I drink coffee, I like coffee mugs, sure, and homemade cookies can't go wrong. Yeah. you know so hey that's cool I, and i would never say like don't make me christmas cookies next year i'm i don't need any you know it's like i like that gesture even if it's very very yeah. small
1: like that i i feel the same way like this this kind of uh, like act of appreciation some somehow
0: yeah it's just i think it's it's more of a symbol of like i'm i'm thinking of you or i thought of you you know even if it's just the card like a lot of friends um i can just give a card to sometimes like just in the in the moment oh right i'm going to go to this thing well let me make sure and, and write a nice card and i think even if because you know, i think about that if i were just to get the card that's enough cuz it's just these words and it's just saying hey you know you're on my heart and you know i hope you have a great time i think what has happened to me over the years though is i have had less pressure. I think it happens when you get older, but I've had less pressure to um text basically everyone I've ever had some sort of friendship with to have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Like all through my early 20s and stuff, that's I made I had such a pressure especially or even my first year in Germany, I, all my friends back home, I called and wrote everybody that I knew like Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas and then like Happy New Year. Have a I had all this pressure and I've had, I had like, FaceTime calls with Vivi when she was in Spain as the clock turned 12. And it was this whole, like, so much pressure of, like, we have to, you know, celebrate it all. And I think as you get older, it's just more of like, well, we're all kind of just doing things either with our own families or everyone has a, a partner or a small group of friends. They're, they've already planned something with months ago. You don't have to text everybody that you've ever had some sort of friendship with. To have a happy new year. If you if you contact them sometime in January, you're gonna say it anyway.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I just stopped that as well. I just don't do it anymore. Yeah, like, I don't think it makes
0: any sense. You know, at, at I mean times, it's not necessary.
1: At, at times I feel bad for it because you know it, like I, I tend to be a bad texter. Um but uh <laughs> just, there's worse things to be. <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, I just just stopped it. Like I respond on like messages that come in. And probably if by any chance I think about people I haven't seen in a long time and I wanted to, to reach out to them anyway, obviously you wish them a happy new year and stuff. But um, I, because I, for me, it was the same, like this, this kind of shit, it's Christmas. Now I have to go through X amount of contacts. And for each and every one, I ca- kind of feel the pressure to write an individually lovely message to everybody.
0: Right, right. But everyone's working and you're working and it doesn't make sense anymore to try and dedicate that time. Also yeah. also to like get who you're getting gifts for around Christmas time. That list has dwindled down tremendously for me. Like I used to think... Oh, man, I have to, like, not only do I have to join in these group gifts, but I have to do my own individual unique thing for each of these, you know, 10 or 15 people, plus the cards for these individual people. And now it's trimmed down so much. It's really, like, it shaves down more and more to, like, okay, it's just your partner or, like, where are you spending Is It with like, with their parents. Then, of course, you're going to write some nice extra cards on yeah. top. You're going to pitch in for a group gift but in general that laundry list that i used to have that i used to think i had to contribute has really just has really just shaved off like it's filtered down uh, a crazy amount but i i have a feeling that's just normal people yeah. you know people are just working people you know people start having kids and having families and i think it's just the the amount of effort into something that doesn't matter as much as you thought it does doesn't mean you Love them less, or or don't feel the same way about their friendship. It's just like they they also subconsciously understand, like, oh well, I I wouldn't have even thought to do that. I, I was with my family, you know. Like, it's just it's just relaxed. It's more relaxed.
1: Yeah, yeah I fe- <clears throat> sorry. I feel like I also um kind of pulled myself more out of that through that, like looking at my job through the transition from a world where like growing up, you said, right, still through university like this whole two weeks around christmas used to be everybody's on vacation on holiday holidays so nobody's working everybody's relaxing hanging out meeting each other having fun etc for coming from there to a world where um like you probably take like one christmas day off and then you're back to work like back to back to everyday life and so somehow that makes you like Easier to forget about all these 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 other things. Obviously, you still try to 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 appreciate the people you love and that you spend the time you have with around around the holidays. But um, I feel that sped up the whole process of me like getting to a point where I'm like, whatever, <laughs> next Christmas will come. <laughs> Dude, I
0: I think I still find it very crazy that a lot of people are supposed to work between the you know, I think, you know, Germany Christmas is 24th, but there's still like these three days or whatever. I think it's in in the States, the Christmas day is 25th. And I think it's really weird that people work from the 26th or 27th up until the 31st. And then maybe I think depending on the day they're off for the first, I think they are, but I think this year it was a weekend. So they got kind of screwed, but I find that really weird that that is like, of course you're going, like my dad was back at work the 26th and I don't think he would have been off the first if it hadn't been a Sunday or or Saturday, whatever it was. But I think that's kind of bogus. I mean, I think a lot of people probably feel that way and I'm, I'm lucky that I don't have to, but I, I see, you know, the, the general consensus through TikTok and stuff of people like, you know, working begrudgingly under a blanket you know, on their parents' sofa on the twenty eighth, like doing office Outlook emails, and I'm like, w- that's so weird to me. That feels like the no man's land. That feels yeah. like that. That's just a week. Can't they just all have that week off? That's crazy. But so,
1: but so many are doing are doing that actually, and I feel that's that's pretty strong in Germany. That so many, like so many like little businesses, etc., have their like, what do you call it, Betriebsferien? Um, <laughs> you call it in German. It's like. Like they shut down the, the like everybody in this in this um, in this business is on holiday on vacation for a week, like they shut down the whole thing for a week. That happens quite quite often. So, and I'm I'm not sure you've been in a bookstore for quite a while, but being here in Munich in between like Christmas and New Year's up until like yeah this like it's Tuesday the ninth now up until this Sunday so seventh, the city was so empty. It's been really? crazy. Like, and yesterday, it's been... <laughs> everybody's coming back. But, like, the whole city has been, has been empty. No cars, nobody on the subway. The bars have been, like... I've been to bars where usually, if you come in after, like, 7 or 7.30, no chance to even, like, stand in the back somewhere. And I was walking in at, like, 8, 8.30, and just, like, I could choose a seat anywhere. <laughs> I was wow. like, where, I- oh, where is man. everybody? And so I feel like a lot of people, like, take take this time off and probably also seem, at least for Munich, at least um, seem to go somewhere else.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think, I'll, yeah. I mean, I think it's just, people just want to get out, want to get out more. I, I heard a lot of people going skiing. It's very German as well. But a lot of people going <laughs> skiing. Spanking spot. Oh, dude, did you see? Um, uh, maybe you didn't see it because you're not on Instagram so much. But uh, the guy who does my graphics, um, who did like the stickers for Ich liebe Sommer and the, um, he came up with another sticker design.
1: He does it say Ich liebe Winter?
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> but he made. If you go to Instagram and you want to make a story, let's say I'd, I I want to take a little. Uh, I'll, I'll show. I make a little. A little clip of you there. I'll show you what happens. You can, this uh, stickers button at the top where you can access like gifts or questions or mentions, you know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm. There's the
0: option for the, for the GIF in the middle. So if you click GIF option, you want to add that to your story, you type in Jordan Prince and he made five GIFs that you can use in your story. I'll show you. One is, like, heh? Like that? What? I'm
1: just... ha <laughs> ha, nice.
0: That one, and he made um, this uh, for those who can't see. It's just the word "hen" a funny, funny way. Then there's one of my face with the ichlibazoma. My favorite one, I think, still is this rotating. Uh, it's my name with the, nice. with the crown.
1: Jordan. So you got your own set of gift gifts.
0: Yeah, basically, yeah. Like my own, there's like five on there, and there. People were asking if they could have them added as their um, like Telegram stickers and on WhatsApp. I don't know how easy that is to do. I didn't know that it was this. Quick and easy to throw gifts on. I guess you just upload them to like Imker or something. I don't know. I don't know how easy it is to upload things to that kind of platform. But I guess it's not so hard because he just does it. He just does it and he'll text me after.
1: No gifts. Just gifts. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> it's funny too. He's uh he's a Spanish guy and he was writing me in English, of course, and his uh keyboard was correcting him. So I had never, I could not understand what he was saying. I couldn't understand the words he was saying. He was like, hey, Jordan, check your name for Instagram gifts, like with the T, like mm-hmm. gifts. I left something for you. Just search Jordan Prince and have fun. And I went, what? I don't understand. And he goes, what? Did you saw it? And I was like, I don't understand the words that you're saying. <laughs> I was like, I don't understand what you've told me. And he goes, and this is even worse ah okay go to stories pick any image and open the gift and put your name on the search (laughs) what and Jordan Prince and voila I said what (laughs) and then I checked out what he then he sent a picture I was like oh go to gif in the stories and type my name. Nah. And then I sent him a voice message like, Man, you were writing gift. I kept thinking you sent me gifts and there was nothing outside my door. And I was like, Type my name on <laughs> the search of what? Like, search what? Like, UPS website or something? Like, what are you talking about? And finally, we figured it out. But yeah, his name's Leo. He's really cool. I'm going to meet him for the first time on uh, Saturday at the live show. The live show is finally. Nice. Finally we have here. to talk about that yeah man absolutely it's all it's all i'm doing basically from morning to night right now
1: is just working on the live show like if you if you can can do that without the like spoilering t- too much um i sure you yeah c- cannot of be I mean, there I but g- what's what's gonna happen there like i've been to many shows with you but you played music there so i have no idea what you're what you're up to Oh, that's that right. You can't Saturday. be there. I
0: forgot about that. I forgot about that. Well, I'll be. Able, we can talk about. Um, we can talk about it. We'll have to do an after-show episode for sure. Yes, because then we will have the footage, and then you can watch most of the show. If not, like we can at do, we can do a Mo
1: reaction show. We can do a Mo reaction. <laughs> co- oh,
0: that'd be funny. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, I don't want to spoil. Um, what I'm going to be talking about. I even sent a funny picture yesterday. Again, to mention our friend Moritz, it was like we were talking about the show, and I took a picture of my monitors with with like the, the word document up, and I redacted the lines.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was like, "No, no, no, Mister! I would spoil myself if this were your show. I know how you are. You're going to read it and spoil it." Um, but yeah, I'm really excited. It's it's a lot of work. Um, it's it's a whole new like undertaking for me. It's more like comedy storytelling presentation style with some music in it. So it's far more like stand-up storytelling, um, sort of like interactive variety show sort of things with the audience than it is music, but there is some music in it. And yeah, it's, had a, it's taken a lot of different shapes and forms. I'm basically at the point now where I have it and I am just running it a lot so that I can try and get as much of the jokes and the rhythms memorized like a script as possible. And I'm timing it to see how long it is because I, I didn't want to do a show. I like because the thing is with Mila, I'm very happy it sold out, but I didn't consider that it, of course, it's standing only. So I was thinking, well, you know, for music, you can get away with that because people, you know, can kind of sway and they're not, you know, but if it's like a comedy show, usually people are seated. That's true, you know, but like I, a, like a I, I still
1: I still find that the find it funny that you say you can get away with that with music while here <laughs> it is like completely normal to stand uh, during a, a rock well, show or I whatever. I guess that I guess they <laughs> I mean
0: like even with a like a solo acoustic but show. Yeah, you yeah. Know, I, I it's that. not like danceable, but you can you kind of don't think about standing because you're like yeah,
1: it's music. Okay, but like that's that that that's interesting because I like like you said you expect a comedy show or something like that to be to be seated. I expected they would kind of put up chairs or something. That's, I mean, that's,
0: I think that's just my mistake going into it because I I probably could have spoken to Mila about putting chairs in, but it would have, it would have greatly cut down on the capacity. Yeah. You know, then we would have, you know, I think they said even from the emails that we could have done like three back-to-back shows, which would have been cool. But, if we had done chairs, we would have had to do that. We would have just had to do that because i think I think the full capacity is like two fifty. I think the mm-hmm. full like staff and everything is like really two fifty maximum, and that's gonna be people standing from the front of the stage to that back bar, yeah, which I've never seen before from the stage, so that'll be really crazy <laughs> um, but yeah it's i i I didn't want to go too long exactly that's yeah. what I meant to say for that for that reason I didn't want to have a very very long show but I didn't want to have it so short that people are are questioning if I had enough material mm-hmm. so the, the 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 sweet spot was kind of trying to aim for an hour like full on from from entrance to exit like a full hour so that people get their money's worth and they're kind of constantly entertained and they can feel out gaps when they want to you know go for a smoke or go to the bathroom or something because it's not like um, a theater show where they're not allowed to leave or something. But I also didn't want to do like 90 minutes where then people's feet start to ache and they kind of look around for like a bench, you know. I I know there's people there of all ages as well, so I didn't want – yeah, I'm just very conscious of the standing, but maybe no one's going to think about that but me, hopefully. Maybe you can,
1: you, can, you can work something out on that without wanting to stress you out even more, but maybe – I don't know, you can – Make people exercise a little bit or do something. <laughs> make some sport while make, I'm, make, while make I'm do the Make them do something.
0: <laughs> yeah, true, true. Um, I was actually thinking... If and you this can crowd d- serve,
1: That's a big advantage.
0: That's true. I can finally crowd surf. Uh, <laughs> maybe at the end of the show. <laughs> I was thinking um, it might be a perfect venue. Like, I, if, if this goes well, I'd love to do a little tour. Um, it might be... I hope it's not too late to try and get something for later this year. But I'd love to do like, you know... Some small venues, you know, maybe 150 to 250 size, like you know, a couple in Berlin, maybe one in Hamburg, Frankfurt, you know, whatever. And then it'd be nice to come back to Munich later in the year because a lot of people didn't get to see this show, and it would be cool to um, maybe do the Lustspielhaus. Ooh, that'd be nice. Be- because that's you know, I think it's like 300, 350, something like Can that. Can you say the it's word all again? Seated.
1: Huh? Can you say that word again? Luschspielhaus. It sounds even, even more erotic when you say it. <laughs> the Lust Spielhaus.
0: <laughs> it's a beautiful, like, golden venue with red curtains and, and seated white cloth tables. And it, I think it would be perfect for something like that. Um, but yeah, the show, It's I think it's very funny. Uh, I, I I hope I find it funny. Um And it's basically, yeah, like a a, a threaded together series of stories and very embarrassing, funny experiences, all kind of trying to balance this um, energy that people enjoy from the videos, uh, you know, sort of balancing out, well, this is something that happened to me, this is what it was like when I grew up, and then kind of contrasting that with, but this is how it is in Germany, and this is how, you know, kind of how I felt when I experienced this in Germany. Here's a story about when that took place, and yeah, try, so I basically have built this hour, and I've just been practicing the order, and like making um, making some bullet points, so I can kind of have like a little um, skeleton to, to keep myself on track on stage, because, you know, I think a main difference to give people a better idea of it, it's. I think a better way to describe it is, it's not a stand-up show. It's not like a stand-up special. It's like um, like I'm presenting. I'm 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 presenting something. It's like, you know, there's there's um, if everything goes right from the venue, there is a projector. I'm gonna have like some images there that kind of emphasize jokes that kind of follow along with what I'm doing. So this you know it's more variety there's things to look at there's a, there's some music there's some stories and then there's some interactive things with the audience so i'm not there's i'm not ashamed to have like some sort of ipad or a computer next to me that helps me kind of stay on on track with what i'm doing i think if this was more pure stand up i would have had to you know like practice this you know 3 4 nights a week at different stand up spots for months and months and months and months. Um, But it's not that. And I still do want to practice it and I still want to get things perfect down the road. But I think it's better probably for the audience to not think of it as like a stand-up special, but more as like presentation, storytelling, comedy, music, variety. It's it's more of a mixture.
1: Sorry. Big advantage for you, even though I must say like the stand-up comedy scene is really growing in, in Germany and also Munich. But your advantage is still like Germans are not used to stand up comedy so they won't have any expectations in that kind of direction. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's maybe that's my luck, yeah. But I but also think like it's isn't that like nice that you got yourself into a position where you can do that kind of show and people will come. Oh my Plus, god. Plus you're yeah. in, you're in that kind of I feel like you're in that sweet spot where you can just lay out your everything that's in your head, everything you 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 created throughout the past years. Um, consciously yeah. or unconsciously, and just to put it in a form as you like, without having to, I don't know, um, fit into some form of convenience or tradition or whatever. Just do what the Jordan Prince people come to see does.
0: Yeah, I I, I think I'm very lucky in in that way that the perception uh, and the the, de- the the desire from the audience to see what they want to see. I think it kind of gives me a lot of freedom in that way, for sure. And I think it's I, it's such a crazy, cool, privileged position to, to after all these years of trying to, you know, build some sort of audience in the way that I was doing it, now I can do it in a different way that I also really enjoy, that's not sacrificing anything. It's not, it's like, it's not like, oh, I do it, even though I don't love it, but no, I love it. And it's really lucky that I can do something I love and for the first time ever have the ability to sell that. I mean, it sold out in like two hours. That's you crazy. Know? That's crazy. That's never happened. And now I know that there's enough people in Munich um, where I could come back and do the Lustspielhaus or <laughs> maybe in a few years, you know, ideally, maybe in a few years I could do something even as even as big and open as like the Halle, but seated, you know, so maybe, you know, I don't know, that's a long ways away, but I would love to do like a bigger hall with a seated area and then, you know, have like... I think I still always like this idea of having like a screen and a guitar and a little laptop or something with me and just having like a little bit multimedia and down the road even being able to play more games with the audio from the soundboard and the lights, people timing things. Like I would want to have a whole show that you never know what's going to happen next. (laughs) And it's just jokes and some improv and some storytelling. And th- what I was really happy about, what I felt very um, lucky about going into this, was that I had too much stuff. I had I, like, my first write through of this whole thing. I had way too much stuff, which was really good for me just to cut back and cut back and cut back and save things for, for other shows or save things for other things. But that- but I was worried I wouldn't have enough.
1: Okay, but but because I find that interesting because um, I do often have the same problem in my job. But like when I, I don't know, I I, I lay down a script and got the footage for a, for a, for a, for a film, journalistic film for for a new show, whatever. But I got like on these television shows, you got pretty strict like um, timing. So if they tell you you got a minute and thirty seconds, or you got two minutes, you. Better match that, <laughs> and oftentimes you have way too much, and way too much you want to tell, and then cutting back is like the hardest thing to do. Right.
0: But I find right. It funny
1: that you tell me like that. It, that it's a, that it's a nice feeling to know. Oh, I got I got more stuff and more stuff, but I can keep that and use it somewhere else. Yeah, that's the thing. It's
0: it's. I have to remind myself constantly that it's not the concept of like killing your darlings. I don't know if you know that expression. Yeah. Um. It's it's not that in this context, because I can and will just use these, you know, I've used things like that in videos. I can use them for future live shows. I have I have a feeling this will go well. Not that I want to jinx it, but I just feel like, you know, I have a lot of friends there and I feel like the hype is good and people are excited to go. They're excited to do it. So I feel like I have a little bit of a, a leeway, like a little mercy. I think I have a lot of forgiveness right up front from them to, get my bearings and to calm down and to breathe. The only thing I'm really really nervous about is that at least for the first 10 minutes that I'm going to be racing through my jokes and my stories like I that's my biggest problem and that's what I keep trying to fix every time I run the show is slowing down. There's a there's a fantastic quote that's also like words of wisdom from this comedian Ron White that that he told to a stand up comic once and i really like it and he said if you think you're doing bad slow down if you think you're doing really good slow down <laughs> and that and dude that's fantastic advice because um even if i'm it, like i was running it with efie and stuff too and every time i would think that me talking at th- at this speed adds humor to the moment she would always say we'd get to the next segment where it's like time to stop and talk notes about that section, and she'd say, "You know that part's really funny, but you have to slow down. You're like you're running out of breath, and you know I can tell you're you know excited about this or that, but you just have to you just have to slow down." And then I when I would run it again, if I if I'm literally like forcing myself, like even even in this moment, right now, if I go against all my instincts, and literally just try to say things slower, the stories come out better. And honestly, it helps me remind myself that there's people in the audience whose English is not their first language.
1: Yeah, that's a big point, yeah.
0: You know, there's a lot of Germans in the audience and uh, By Richard Runfunk, their program Capriccio, they're doing a, a a whole piece on this. It's so I, I also,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Do you know? Do you know Maximilian? There's so, probably a thousand Maximilians working there. I,
1: I'm not sure. I'm like I just I just said that because because I work there as well, but I'm pretty sure I don't know them. But I hope they'll, uh, they'll do a great job.
0: I just have him as Maximilian Capriccio, just like Victoria Spice. <laughs> um, but he he's very very nice. Um, but he, yeah, we're going to, they're doing the show and you know, we have a whole segment. We're going to do like a post-show interview the next day. So I I have to remind myself too, that I think that's my biggest um, uh, obstacle. I think the show is funny. I'm really proud of it. It's been a lot of hard work and it's going to be the culmination of like the whole year of like building this new audience. So it means a lot to me as well. It has a lot of like importance to me, but my biggest obstacle will be just to catch my breath No. And slow down. That way, it's just the story is clear and the jokes are clear. I have like little taglines at the end of some things that I think are super funny, but if I breeze through them, most people won't register that I said it. And then I'll think, oh, it wasn't funny. And then I'll get insecure, but really, they just don't hear it. You know, so I have to also just be cool. And if something doesn't laugh, that, you know, maybe it's not funny, maybe they didn't hear it. Just keep going, just stay cool. Um. Yeah, but I'm really excited. I'm. I'm basically getting messages back from from Mila. Hopefully today about some of the logistics of the, of the PowerPoint that I want to set up, and then I'll just have like yeah, a computer next to me to click through the slides, and yeah, a guitar, and that's it.
1: I just. I just. Um. Really. Really. Got to Got a kind of. Kind of giggle every time. I wrap my head around the fact that like knowing you from. From when you came over to Germany and all your struggles yeah, you went through with that language, with the people, the country, and everything, um, and you just kind of <laughs> developed that loophole. We talked about this before regarding your su- success in social media, but you just like created that loophole of where. And, and surely, I, I don't want this to sound you like. <laughs> no, no, as no, far no as I, I can, you're going to and you're doing say. great <laughs> and like during Germany, etc. But you just created this, this, this space for yourself where you don't have to adapt to the people, but rather they adapt to what you do, and they come to see a show, and it's sold out within two hours. How cool is that? Dude, I'm telling you, I think about this every
0: day. I can't believe it myself. I'm so... So thankful for that. And did I tell you? I told you when we hung out privately, but that my I'm followed by Diana Kruger now. You told me. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is this world? I, I literally. It's so funny. It's so next thing. It's so childish. But I literally go and I check every day. Like, did she unfollow? Is she bored now? Did she? Did she, <laughs> did she follow by mistake? But actually I wrote her. Um, I wrote her a message. Did you the send other her a day. pair of John Prince
1: socks? Hey, that will be the next She step. still follows, baby.
0: <laughs> I wrote her. I, you know, the thing is, I do want to involve her in some stuff. Like, you know, we we have these uh, talks about this television show and stuff, and maybe it could be possible with the with the production company, you know, uh, behind me on this, to maybe even see if I could ask her for a cameo or something. And if I would love to send that. her some stuff um, for like when the when the when the sports talks go live, when those go public. Um, I'm definitely going to send a few out to, to some important people. I'm going to debut that merch at the show on Saturday, but they're not going to be up on a public shop uh, maybe, probably until next month or so. I'm, I'm, I'm working at a thing with my agency now where I'd like to set up an e-commerce shop through maybe Shopify or something, but have all the socks at their office. So that way, when orders come in, because I'm, I'm sure the first week or so that they're launched, is going to be a few hundred orders. And I think when everything comes in, they, I, I can't be the guy alone, like, with these stickers where I go by myself <laughs> to the post office yeah. <laughs> and stand in line with a stack of, like, you know, 45 packages of socks to mail off to different countries. I just want to, like, the, the website should be where they pay for the shipping and they get the, they get, like, a Jordan Prince package. I'm going to order, like, Jordan Prince labeled packaging. That's really affordable and looks nice. And then they get the socks inside with some free stickers and just ship it off. And then they they have a team of people. They can have like five or six people mailing the socks off until things slow down. So I have to get that set up first. Did they they offer you
1: or did you just say, ah, you got so many people. You'll be sending out socks. (laughs) You'll be sending out socks. And you'll be sending out socks as well.
0: (laughs) It was a little. It was a little bit of a of a of a of a two way. It was a little bit of a two way street. But I definitely <laughs> told them like, guys, I need help. I can't be doing this. I can't do this. I uh, I no. I I wrote them for sure. Like, hey, I'm gonna need help with this merch. I don't know what to do. Do you know anybody or have anything? And then that's why actually I have to go now because I have a call with the uh, the agency, the lead guy, like the main owner of the agency, to talk exactly about this uh, situation. So I have to go now. I have one but, last question. No, this was so much fun, man. Oh, yeah, one more question. Any yeah. New Year's
1: resolutions?
0: Um. Oh, I think I said, I think I was asked this before and I said less um, screen time when I'm in my private life. Very like, good. Like I got like maybe Maybe I can put some limits on my social media when I'm not shooting a video.
1: That's good. I got only one. I can show it to you. I have, I have the list here.
0: Uh, it says uh what to do on uh 2024 be on artsy fartsy immigrants
1: <laughs> that's everything i need to accomplish this year
0: yeah man you gotta be on the show more often this was super fun this was really it's always a blast man
1: i want to i want to talk about um your live show when it's done all the best for that yeah thank because you man. I, I yeah, it's Saturday and then we
0: can we can try and talk um after so monday of next week uh, we're leaving for a two-week trip to the to Gran Canaria. Oh, that's nice. 24 degrees there, I think. So it's going to be a really big difference. Uh, my Sommer. first time ever being there. So it'd be a nice like you know release from the show and everything. Very good. Um, but probably we can do... Um, I mean, if you record it, we could do it just like through my phone. But you'd have fo- my phone audio that you'd mix with your thing. But then then it would be easy. We'll check something out. Um, or or we do it when I'm back. You yeah. can also just do it like this when I'm back. But um, yeah, dude, I have to sign off. But um, thank you for being on. It was really great to have you back on. This is so much fun. It's always, always, always never enough, man.
1: I can, can only give that back. It's so much fun. And um, I said this a few times before that I try to want get, to get back more often. But actually, this time, um, I got a little more of, of free time on my hands coming up awesome through the next month so i hope we can make this work i really will do my best to make it work dude and if
0: this if this day if if monday or tuesday around this time works for you that's amaze- that's always good for me
1: we can check something out i think especially tuesday looks good but we'll uh, talk through that have the best live show it could possibly be i'm sure people will love it and i hope to talk to you soon buddy all right, bye guys. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Bye-bye.
0: Look baby. The saints
1: are it's all over now. Artsy Farts Immigrants. Ein Podcast von John Prince und Moritz Batschneider, produziert für M94.5.